Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to our Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here today with Daniel. Hello. And um, today we are talking about holistic health hacks. So Dan and I have been working in the holistic health industry for quite a long time, I'd say. We're pretty well qualified in the whole thing and we kind of know what people have problems with. Um, Over the years, some similar things have been cropping up. So today we're going to tell you some of the things that we wish you knew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so sometimes we we go deep on a certain topic and it gets a little bit kind of spiritual or we go down a rabbit hole. So this episode, I think the aim of the game is to try and just give lots of little tips, which are very practical, which don't take any extra time or cost any extra money, but they're going to make you feel better. So instead of going down a a deep kind of meaningful conversation, we're just going to try and keep it snappy. And these are easy to use tips, aren't they? Yeah, indeed. And the things that you can, like like Dan's just said, easily incorporate into your life. But the more that you do these little things, then the little things that you do every day will make a big difference in the long term. So just starting to, even if you just take one thing from this and do it regularly, then that'll start making a big difference to your life, right? Yeah. And we do these, we never used to do these until we got into the, the holistic health business. But now, most of these things we're going to say to me seem normal and every day, and it's not like an effort. So if me and Jill can do it, then you can do it as well. And like we say, they don't really cost anything extra, just a little bit of a different way of thinking. But when they all add up, they're going to have um, a positive effect on your health, on your mood, and on your life, really. Yeah, mind, body, and soul. That's hey, what it's all go. about, isn't it? Yeah. So come on then, Dan, what's your first one? So my first one, I think we'll go with my favorite one, which is cold showers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm still into the whole Wim Hof's method is gaining popularity. That's breathing and cold showers, but we'll just stick to the cold showers for now. Because like I said at the start, they don't, it doesn't take any extra time. So just when you've finished having your hot shower, just turn it as cold as you can and just see how long you can last in there. And it's going to have a positive effect because it's a good mental strength exercise knowing that you don't want to turn the shower cold, but you know it's going to make your health better in the long run. So it's that short-term discomfort for the long-term benefit. So if you just do this every day, you'll build up your tolerance. You're going to have a short-term discomfort when you're in there, but when you get out the shower and you get a hot towel on you, it feels amazing. Your skin feels electric. You've give your cardiovascular system and your your vascular system a workout by the blood vessels constricting yeah just feels good doesn't cost anything give it a go and it's particularly good for um women who may be heading towards the menopause with the hot flushes training your vascular system which is your hot and cold and getting the blood flow out to the extremities and then back again is a really good way to train the vascular system when your estrogen levels are starting to drop as well so top tip there Dan. there you go what's your first one My first one is having an attitude of gratitude. So in every situation, you can kind of find something that you're grateful for. You can flip the coin, as it were. And anything that you do, you can always find something that you can take pleasure out of or be grateful for. So think every morning when you wake up or every night when you go to sleep, just think of three things that you're actually grateful for. I think we spend so much time complaining and dissing everything and just not feeling it though so it's kind of changing your mindset a little bit as well 
Yeah. And if you're really in a bad place and you can't think of three things which you're grateful for, just think of one thing that you're grateful for, but try and think of three reasons why you're grateful for that thing. Ah, good point. Yeah. Well made. <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes if you're if you're depressed or you're going through a really rough time, it's hard to be thankful for things in it. But if you can just think of yeah. one thing, try and think of all the reasons what you're grateful for. And not that I'm saying you should compare yourself to other people, but when you think about it long enough, there is always someone out there who has it worse than you. Yeah, there's always there's always someone better than you, and there's always someone got it worse than you. So yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, my second one is going to be a fasting. So that's a very buzzword or buzz topic at the moment. So I'm not going to go into it too much about the the science behind fasting. What I'm going to say is, if you just maybe skip one meal a day, even just one day of the week, just say on a Saturday I'm not going to eat until until the afternoon or in the evening that's going to have some beneficial effects. But the the positive effect I want to talk about is it goes back to your previous point, really. You're just going to be so much more grateful for your food. If you just skip a few meals or just one meal and you feel that hunger, you're just going to appreciate your food a lot more. I find in my experience, it makes you crave healthy food a little bit more as well. I've never skipped a few meals and then really fancied a McDonald's later on. I really look for like some healthy nourishing food because your body's a bit depleted. I found just a little bit of fasting makes you really appreciate the fact that we can have food quite readily available. Mm, it's a good one. I like fasting. Like I just, I think the easiest way to do it is to eat at like seven o'clock the night or six o'clock the night before and then do 18 hours till dinner time the next day. That's, I find the easiest way to fast. Yeah, I did it for quite a long time. I used to do the, the 18, six so yeah. 18 hours off and six hours on. And yeah, I thought the best time was to have your evening meal, obviously go to sleep through the night so you fast anyway, and then skip what you would traditionally call your breakfast and, and just have lunch. Yeah, so the word breakfast is break fast, isn't it? So it's not necessarily a morning meal. It's just when you break your fast. So yeah, mm. that's a little one. Again, doesn't cost anything. Just makes you appreciate your food a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. My next one is find the fun. You know, when you're kids, you find fun in everything, don't you? Just going on the beach or climbing a tree. And when you get older, you, you just, life's too stressful. So find the fun in every situation. There's always something to do. And if if you can't find it, go make some fun. <laughs> yeah, that makes me think of a saying that only boring people get bored. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah. yeah. It's true, isn't it? We need to be I creative. I that to my kids all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be one of my points later on, actually. Like, be creative. We do everything yeah. logic, logical these days. Everything's about work or about bills and like stress. Be creative. So just draw or write or paint or stack rocks or just do something. Dance. Where yeah, well, there's no outcome. It's just creative and just express yourself. Try and create something, build something, but don't have a fixed set of this is what I want it to be. Just let yourself just be free for a second. Yeah. And it's really, and it's really healthy for you. Yeah. You laugh a lot. Yeah. There's nothing like a, a good old belly laugh and we don't do it often enough, do we? No, probably people are barely laughing at us podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I kind of hijacked your point there, but it was a good one. No, no, that's fine. It's your turn. So my next one is going to be put your phone down. Mm. Unless you listen to this podcast through your phone, but we're addicted to mobile phones. This is a difficult one because people, you might run your business through your phone or you might have your phone on you because obviously you're worried about your I know your child you want to make sure they're safe and it's it's that safety blanket and it's obviously it's necessary and it's it has a lot of good points but we get addicted to them don't we and we check them when we don't need to so see if you can just put your phone down a little bit more 
And if that seems too hard, then see if you can just count the amount of times in a day that you check your phone and you might be shocked at how many times you do it. And at the end of the day, you probably think, well, is that really necessary? So yeah, that's a little one again, doesn't cost anything. And it's probably going to just take a little diagnostic on yourself to realize how much you maybe are addicted to it. Mm. A good one. I'm terrible for checking my phone during the yeah. day. I switch it off at night, but during yeah. the day I'm always doing it because I get so many messages for business. And then if yeah, I leave it's... them, I just like think, oh, building up. But yeah, it's a double-edged right. sword. Yeah, but it's, again, these might not apply to you. You might you might think you check your phone a lot, but it is necessary, and you're getting the benefits out with the negatives. It's just it's just a thought. No, it's a good one. My one is use natural products wherever possible because they all end up somewhere, either in your system, which then ends up in the water system somehow or other. And um, I was watching this really good program. I was just telling Dan when I was off air there before, called Connections on Netflix. And um, there was a guy there, a chemist, who was testing the River Thames, taking samples of water out the River Thames. And in that sample, there was heroin, cocaine, antidepressants, antihistamines. So all of the kind of drugs that we take end up coming out of us and into the water and that has a big knock-on effect to the rest of the world and the planet. So it's not just that you're taking these pills and then they go and they disappear. That's not the case. They get processed by your liver and then they get pushed out by your kidneys and then they end up somewhere. So have a think before you just take medicines willy-nilly and put chemicals on your skin. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with like rubbish. You just chuck it in the bin, you think it disappears forever, don't you? Yeah. But it goes somewhere. It goes to a landfill and it takes, as a plastic takes 100 years to decompose. Yeah. It's that whole thing of out of sight, out of mind. Once you flush it down the toilet or you put it in the bin, that's it gone forever. I don't have to deal with that. Mm. And we're all guilty of that, but that's the way society, like, it's being built, hasn't it? Yeah. Get the nasty things out the way so you can't see it, which means in your mind it doesn't really exist. Do you think that we like eat the fish then that come out of the rivers? Yeah, exactly. Water the plants out of those rivers. And so everything that we're eating, and, and then it's just the knock-on effect, isn't it? Isn't it like... um. I know we always bang on about organic foods, but in cows and stuff, you know, they're they're being injected with antibiotics and things, and which never they never were before. So that's why one of the reasons why we're getting antibiotic resistance and stuff like that. It all ends up somewhere. It's not just a one-off thing that you do. It is a knock-on effect, isn't there? Everywhere down the line. Yeah, it's it's all just a closed system. We're just here on Earth. Nothing, nothing escapes. It just gets yeah. transferred to somewhere, but it all comes back, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Was it the, the Gaia effect or the Gaia theory that the earth is a living organism and you kind of deplete it from one area without having an effect on the other area? I can't remember the guy's name who come up with a hypothesis, but it's pretty true. You kind of destroy the rainforests, for instance. They're the lungs of the earth, aren't they, without mm. having an effect somewhere else. You kind of use greenhouse gases to heat the atmosphere up without melting the ice caps and then the sea levels are going to rise. There's, it's cause and effect. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit deeper, that one, but it's true. And the fact that they found, was it heroin, cocaine, everything in the River Thames? I mean, crazy, isn't it? I don't think there's much fish living there. Probably not. There's, <laughs> there's the odd whale which gets off course and ends up swimming up the River Thames or something, <laughs> isn't it? It ends up high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. No wonder they never turn around and go back out there, they say. Go on then, Dan, what's your next one? Right, my next one is going to be... If you're a bit of a coffee addict, which is quite common. I just found this out recently, actually. Do you know coffee is the second most traded thing in the world after oil? Is that? But then when you realize how many people drink coffee every day, like multiple times, it's kind of no shock 
is it really? But the, the tip is going to be, this has gained popularity over the last maybe five or 10 years. It's putting butter in your coffee or any type of good oil. So the fats in the butter or the oil mix with the coffee and it makes you digest it a little bit more slowly so you don't get that massive spike from the caffeine. It's going to be a little bit of a slower release. It might sound disgusting, but if you get good quality organic kind of grass-fed butter, it tastes really nice as well. So my technique is get some organic coffee, put it in a, a Nutribullet or a blender, then put the butter in, whiz it up so it actually mixes together and the, the, the molecules bind together. And when you drink your coffee, you're going to have a slower release. So you're not craving that next hit all the time and you don't get the crash. Mm, that's a good point. It is a good way of doing that, actually. Like, yeah, like you say, it's, uh, it staves off the hunger pangs as well sometimes as well. Good. Can you do that when you're fasting? It depends what fasting protocols you're, you're going for, I think. But but obviously butter and coffee, they, they are nutrition, aren't they? It's not just water. Yeah. So some people do it. You can, you can buy kind of fasting teas and things like that. I've never tried them, but... Yeah, it just depends what you're going for. If you want to start fasting, but you don't want to give up coffee, then then maybe just fast with coffee and then maybe slowly come down a little bit mm. and just see how you feel. Yeah. But yeah, this gained popularity. I mean, it's it's been going on in uh, Eastern cultures for a while. I think they put yak butter in coffee and things like that for years. But in the Western world, it was the advent of Bulletproof Coffee, which really made it mainstream. Yeah. Um, there's a brand called Bulletproof Coffee and MCT oil they put in, and that's that kind of brought it to the mainstream but it's a really good idea and it does work so give it a yeah, whirl. I've tried it before it's good yeah it's good um my next one is take responsibility for your own health yeah I like this one don't then, just trust, <laughs> don't just trust a doctor because they have a white coat on yeah yeah you know it's your body you are the master of your own system so start to understand it a bit more and start to work and support it a bit more and don't wait for it to be screaming at you start doing it today really that makes me think of our last podcast where we did about intuition. Like just because a so-called expert or even not so expert like me and Jill tell you to do something, <laughs> don't necessarily just trust anyone because they tell you that. If you have an intuitive feeling that you think, well, the textbook says this or online it says this about my health, but I've got this feeling I need to eliminate this or do this. Trust yourself. It's your health. There's no, there's no better wisdom than your own body and your own feelings. So that it's definitely true. Take responsibility for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I just think um, if the world did that, the world would be a much better place, wouldn't it? If everyone did that and started looking after them, like we just think of this body as a vessel that just carries our brain around, but it's not. It's a, you know, it's the only one you're going to get. Listen to someone I think the other day. I think it was Warren Buffett who said, like his dad had told him that if you, I'm going to, if I bought you a car on your fifth. 15th 16th birthday say and you know that you're only going to get one car in your life would you look after that car it would be the best thing that you ever found and you would look after it to make sure that it ran for the whole of its life but what do we do to our bodies it's the same isn't it and then people sometimes they they need like this massive wake-up call to look after the health but sometimes sadly it can be too late can't it mm. or it's too late in, it's too late in life to enjoy for as many years as you can or it's a terminal diagnosis that's a good analogy for the car because it's quite it's easy to understand isn't it yeah is it the years in your life or the life in your years and um you know have lots of life in your years not just think about some people are dead at 36 that's what joseph pilates said yeah (laughs) but they just walk around like zombies don't get don't get buried until they're 72 (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) true (laughs) okay 
Come on then. And so my next one is you. We can both speak about this. There's, they kind of tie in a lot of these next few ones, but avoid EMFs, or in particular, try and earth yourself a little bit more. So I know you're the the barefoot master, earthing queen. Yeah. <laughs> So as a as a group of kind of collective tips, we can say try and try and avoid EMFs as much as you can. So mm-hmm. again, we've already mentioned try and get off your phone, don't watch the telly as much. Try and get outside, get your feet on the earth, get some sun. You can use a earthing sheet, like a bed sheet. I use what you you plug it into the mains, but you don't need to turn it on because your your how all your sockets in your house are earthed. So that'll that'll earth yourself. And if you just do a quick online search what earthing is there's there's a lot of health benefits so yeah and it's again doesn't really cost much to go outside and put your feet on the grass and realize that that's we are everything that is the soil that is the sun we are the water that comes out the sky so try and reconnect a little bit you probably do a lot when you go to the beach and you take your foot you take your shoes off and you have your feet on the sand Mm. you have a smile on your face instantly kids do it naturally when they go to the beach and things like that it just feels good and that's for a reason because it is good for you yeah I'm a oh, and sorry and blue light block, blocking glasses as well if you're still up late watching television or screens and you're not willing to give that up yet then get some blue light blockers which the science behind that is the the lights coming off your your, your laptop your, your television your phone it's very similar to sunlight isn't it so if you're getting that late on the evening your body still thinks it's the middle of the day. So your cortisol levels go up and it's going to keep you awake. But if you can get these glasses on, the blue light blockers, then you can still watch the TV, but you're not getting the blue light and your body can then start producing the sleep hormones. So you don't have as much trouble going to sleep. You've got some of them, haven't you? Yeah. And the jury's still out whether they look cool or not. I like them, but (laughs) there's some funky designs out there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, My next one is... Use your core. And we're going to do an episode on the core, aren't we? So, yeah, get to the core of it. Yeah. So a lot of people are walking around with bad backs and just not going on around the center. And it's quite easy. And once you know how to do it, you can do it all the time. Yeah. And there's no better coach than you as a Pilates coach and a Czech professional to show people how to use the core. Exactly. So um, I won't talk about that too much, but yes, get your core trained and get it done as soon as you can. Yeah, I find it gets a little bit addictive as well because I do a lot of like weight training and I'm guilty mm. of it myself a little bit using all the big phasic muscles too much, all the ones you see in the mirror. And then when you do start working your core, in, especially in different ways, it becomes addictive and you realize how much stronger the other muscles will be when your core fires properly. Yeah, absolutely. And I've not met anyone who I couldn't get their cores firing yet, but it uh, takes time. Some people are so disconnected to it as well, Lord, but it's mm. just disconnected to their whole body. And especially yeah. women, after you've had a baby, that becomes impo- so important to keep your core strong. Yeah. Well, especially if you have a, a cesarean section as well, and you literally cut through some cut of through your it, yeah. core muscles. Yeah, it's, that's a little bit more tricky, but it's just it's really important to get those muscles back up and firing again. Yeah. So don't just always train the big muscles. Train your stabilizers as well. Cool. So my next point is about the diaphragm muscle. There's a little bit of a link. Oh, so- core muscle as well breathe so i've already spoke about wim hof doing the cold showers but i use his breathing technique there's lots of other breathing techniques techniques out there again a quick online search a lot of them are very effective a lot of us are, are chest breathers because we stressed we we jacked up on sugar and caffeine and a stressful life and we, we breathe into our chest but really we should be breathing at the diaphragm 
okay, let the belly expand. And it's just going to calm you down a little bit. And even if you just do this once a day, it takes five minutes. Again, there's going to be no downside whatsoever. And if anything, it's going to make you realize how much you, you chest breathe. So mm. the rule of thumb is when you're, when you're relaxed and you're breathing, your belly should expand for the first two thirds and your chest should expand for the final third. And try and breathe through your nose a little bit more as well. It's going to calm you down. So a little tip as well is if you go for a walk a lot, see if you can go for a full walk and only breathe through your nose. And if you can it, then that's a little bit of a, a sign that you need to work on it. I think we should do a workshop on breathing because there's yeah. so many different ways to breathe. What, like, what's the Joseph, Joseph Pilates quote? I can't remember. Breath is the first thing you do. <laughs> I guess it's the first act of life. <laughs> Don't throw them at me, Dan. No, my mum is like, uh, yes, breath is the first act of life and the last act. And not many people think about it in between. Yeah, it's true. Or words to that effect. Yeah. So there's so many different breathing. To, like in yoga, they breathe differently. In Pilates, we have a certain way of breathing. And, you know, there's like the Wim Hof method, like what you like to do. So many different ways. But breathing is so important and a great way to train your core as well. Yeah, when I first started doing the Wim Hof method, the diaphragm actually felt like I'd had a workout the first few times. Yeah, I did it and it can often feel very tight. Again, you feel like, and you can do some abdominal stretches as well and that will improve your, your breathing. But yeah, massively important. Huge. Okay. My next one is be consistent. And we've done a whole podcast on this called how to be consistently consistent. But oh, do you know what? When you get people and they just think and they get such good results and they're really like on fire and then the next minute they've stopped and you just think, oh, Why? <laughs> please be consistent so that's why it's like not making massive changes just little things that you can do but do them every day that one links back to a lot of the stuff that james clear says from atomic habits doesn't it what does he say if, if you miss one day that's fine that's like normal but if you miss two days then you've started a new habit new habit yeah and you would like to talk about the one percent rule mm. i mean we mentioned that in in loads of the podcasts but he has a saying as well doesn't he a part in the book where he talks about the the british cycling team when they just made tiny little changes to everything. But when you put them all together, it makes a big impact. And obviously they have to do it consistently. But I think he called it the aggregation of incremental gains. All these little things we're telling you might seem inconsequential to some degree. What, like a 15-second cold shower a day? What the hell is that going to do? Not watching as much TV or wearing these glasses every night. What's that going to do? But imagine if you did them all for a year. It's probably going to have a pretty profound effect. Yeah. Um, my next one was it my turn or is that? Yeah, go on, you go go on. Go on. I'll just keep hijacking <laughs> yours. Sorry. <laughs> um, use your own body weight for resistance training. We get tied up with all this equipment that we need, and we need to go to the gym. You don't really. You can use your own body weight. Yeah, I mean, during lockdown, a lot of people had to. Yeah. Then people thought they would buy their own fitness equipment for home, and then it all sold out <laughs> immediately yeah. online. So I mean, I did a whole. I think I did pretty much a hundred workouts online. There's a few kettlebell ones in there, but most of them were just body weight. And I mm. felt as, as fit as ever. I mean, now the gyms have back opened. I'm back to doing strength training. And it's, like, it's a bit of a novelty again, and I do enjoy it. But there's some people who only do body weight, like calisthenics workouts and gymnasts. And they look absolutely incredible, don't they? Look at climbers. Climbers always win the ninja warriors stuff, don't they? Because they're yeah. so agile and strong and mobile. So... You know, they're not using any weights particularly, apart from their own, even their own body up the side of a mountain. And this is a little bit of a di different angle, but you get some people who go to prison, but sometimes they have weights, but sometimes they don't. And people do prison workouts. So they're literally just in the cell. They do 
press-ups, sit-ups, burpees, bodyweight squats, and the food is absolutely horrendous, but they're still coming out looking 10 times better than what they did when they went in. Like, yeah. fair enough, they have lots of time, but again, there's no excuses. You can just still just a bodyweight resistance workout. True. I'm not adventing going to prison to get fit, but <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Maybe I need to go there. But you know my love-hate relationship with push-ups. Oh, I hate push-ups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right so my next one is going to be one that you can hijack a little bit okay uh, it's going to be essential oils so there's a lot of science behind essential oils like the natural products and it can different smells and different combinations have different effects but the one i use a lot is organic peppermint oil i just love the smell of mm. any mint oil actually it really gives you if you put it on your skin just a little bit like on your temples or your wrists especially if you want to feel alert it does give you that kind of little buzz as well doesn't it but yeah i know you're gonna interject a little bit because you've been studying this well peppermint oil is a bit in your face as well though isn't it? it's proper yeah oh, wake up kind of one yeah. isn't it i love it though so, yeah. yeah i would really recommend using like essential oils as a room you know instead of air fresheners and stuff like that but they're really good for um what the as the olfactory system so the back of your nose the smell systems deeply attached to your limbic brain which is your old part of your brain so it can it's really con- contact and this is going to be a top tip for you by the way that once i get it all out is attached to your limbic system which is related to memory in your brain so if you are wanting to do an exam or you've got you're revising for an exam or there's something that you really need to remember link it to a smell so use, say, you could use peppermint oil for, for like if you were revising history and then use rosemary if you were revising English or something like that. And then what you can do is just go into your exam and put a drop on a tissue and it'll take you back to that point in time when you were revising. Yeah, that's interesting. That Because I like it. I like that. Yeah, I've never really thought about it with smell, but it happens a lot with, uh, with music to me. It happens mm. to everyone. You hear a song and it literally takes you back to a, a place in time and a feeling, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's not always yeah. just memory and sight, it's sound and smell and even touch. Like it can take you back to certain things. So if you can harness that to your advantage, like say for an exam or anything like that, then then why not? And they're, if you use good quality ones, they're all natural as well. Mm-hmm. They're healthy for you, aren't they? Yeah, they're good. And yesterday I made my own thieves oil as well. Um, so... Have you ever heard of thieves? Do you know the story behind thieves oil? Yeah, was it? I know it vaguely. Were they actually thieves and they used to rob tombs? Or there were thieves that? who robbed black bubonic plague people who right. had the plague. They would go in and uh, rob all their possessions off them. But um, the, the legend is that they were in France at the time when the plague was like sweeping through France, and these four robbers would put these botanicals on and wear them around their necks and stuff and go and rob bubonic plague people and they didn't ever get the plague so when they finally got caught the judge said i'll be lenient with your sentencing as long as you tell us what the secret is so they gave them the recipe so um, but it's all using like antifungal antimicrobial antibacterial oils together which create a synergistic oil which like triples the effects of it square roots it square cubes it in fact yeah. and um so it's it's really good i'm going to make some i'll make you some Dan. it's really good stuff but i think either that's like one of the best stories ever for like a making a product or it's the <laughs> best marketing the best marketing st- story ever <laughs> yeah it's good yeah. though i love i love it yeah 
So that's um, that kind of leads to the next point, which is you try and use natural products instead of, I suppose, like lots of chemically laden products. Like Thieves is a really good one to wash yourself. And I've been using Dr. Bronner products. I don't know if you've ever used that. At first, I thought they seemed quite expensive, but they last for ages. Mm. And like, if you look at the back of some of the like shower gels and shampoos and toothpastes, and you see the list of chemicals in there, and then you think that's going on your skin. And what's the saying? If, if it's on your skin, you're drinking it. So mm. your body's just absorbing all this stuff, and then your liver has to detoxify it. And there's, but there's so many just as good. Well, well actually, there are a lot better natural products out there, but just because it's on the shelf and it's shiny and it's, it's cheap, there's, there's detrimental effects. So try and use natural stuff instead. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of that because like, I had to, until I actually got my hand, head around all this natural stuff, I couldn't fix my skin. So I know for a fact that it all works and it, the accumulation of it. And as soon as I drop off anything, like different water even, my skin just goes, no, what are you doing? And, you know, it's, it does work. It really, really does. Yeah, your body holds the score, doesn't it? Your body doesn't lie to you. If you're yeah. a, if you've got an allergy to something and you keep eating it, and it's going to keep showing you the signs, or if you're using like deodorants with aluminium in and you're getting bad skin, it's just gonna it's gonna show. There's there's no hiding it, is there? No, it's gonna come out somewhere, and all those cumulative effects. And like a human body has got so many toxins and heavy metals inside of it already, mm. compared to what it would be like hundred years ago. Yeah, and they already find um, they find them when the the fetus has just grown, like very early stages. Things like cigarette smoke and and all these heavy metals are, are already in there, obviously passed down from the mother, aren't they? So mm. pretty sad, but yeah, if we can do our best to eliminate them as much as we can, then obviously future generations are going to be going to be less. Okay, whose was that one? Was that mine or yours? So I'll tell you, what, I'll do my last one, and then okay. then we pretty much come to an end. So mine is it's going to be about water. So if you can get a, a good quality water filter in your house. Because I think most of us who listen to this have probably heard that tap water is pretty horrendous. But then if you can add a little bit of high quality sea salt to your filtered water, that's going to have beneficial effects. Because sometimes the the water filter then, it takes all the bad stuff out. But then if you distill the water, it can kill it a little bit. So there's Mm. there's no trace minerals or anything left. So there's a few good brands of salt. I use one called Real Salt by the company's called Redmond. Or there's also Celtic sea salt, which is really good. So you can just add a little pinch to your, like your litre of water, which you carry around all day. Just enough so you can't taste it. Mm-hmm. And add all the trace minerals back and it's going to it's gonna make the water better quality. Because if you're just drinking dead water all the time, your, your body's going to suck all the calcium and things out of your bones to make that water more digestible and usable. So you know, obviously you don't want to do that because that's going to dehydrate you. A little bit more so yeah a little bit of sea salt again doesn't cost very much but yeah it's a good little tip it is that's a good one and i've got one more well maybe two well maybe three <laughs> so i'm always a big fan of chocolate based research and um so dark chocolate can help regulate cortisol so it helps decrease stress so i'm i'm happy about that one so obviously the the higher the, the cacao yeah. content the better and obviously try and go organic as well but it can be a big step for people because milk chocolate, which people are used to, compared to like 90% dark chocolate, like it's a different taste, isn't it, whatsoever. So maybe as a little tip, try and just like bridge the gap a little bit, go to like 50% dark and then like kind of work your way up and then decrease the amount of chocolate as well. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's addictive. All the sugar in it is, is very addictive. It is. 
Um, and then I've got another one. Put cinnamon on your coffee because it reduces triglycerides, LDL cholesterol, which is the bad cholesterol, and helps lower your blood sugar levels. This is one tip that I'm not going to do because I just kind of stand cinnamon. So Can you? No. Nah. I'm, rejecting, like I'm rejecting this tip. <laughs> Reject that one. <laughs> <laughs> you like, do you not like the smell of it either? No, nah, I, I don't know what it is. It's my kryptonite. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cinnamon, I love cinnamon, but you can't t- take a lot of it, can you? It's, uh... People do that cinnamon challenge where you get a spoonful and put it yeah. in. Was it? Yeah. What do you have to do? Try and swallow it. Is it that? <laughs> try try and swallow. It's really bad. <laughs> it's like raw cacao as well. That's the same, isn't it? You know, I yeah. thought I'd love it because I love chocolate, and then I thought <laughs> I just whacked loads of loads in, and it was like, oh my god! Can you remember when I nearly killed you with it? Yeah. Um, with the chili ball. Can you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you blew my head off in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> That's what raw cacao and chili does for you. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> if, if a little bit's good, a lot's better. Exactly. And yeah. my last one was um, apparently the smell of vanilla stops you from overeating. So if you overeat, if you tend, if you pro like Christmas time, just burn vanilla candles. Or, yeah. Can yeah. you get vanilla essential oils? Mm, I don't think it is an essential uh, oil. Right. I yeah. think it's like a cooking thing you can get but yeah so that's a good one stops you i think it's that sweetness isn't it you know if you like work in a chocolate shop you'd probably get sick of the smell of chocolate and eating it yeah uh, probably yeah so i think it's that thing that sweet smell cool anything we can get you to do to stop overeating especially chocolate and sugary things then go for it absolutely so there we go done have you got any more i do have some more but i think if we could just go on forever couldn't we but these we might yeah. it, it might be a good idea to do a second episode in a, in a while do. just do little short sharp tips i like doing it in this fashion mm. i like doing cool. the deep dives as well but this is a good alternative cool so we're done yeah that's us done <laughs> <laughs> bit of an abrupt end <laughs> right thank you listeners for listening if you've got any holistic health hacks that you'd like to, us to do to, to know about and we haven't mentioned then send them in to us and we'll um maybe do it for our next one or we'll give them a try right yeah so like we said, they, they probably mentioned 20 tips there, and it's a lot to introduce in one go. So maybe just try a few, and then, but then remember, like Jill said, it's consistency. Doing a few of these things every day over a long period of time is going to accumulate into their positive health effects, and it doesn't really cost anything compared to what you normally do. It might even be cheaper, and it doesn't cost any time either, so give it a go. And if you do try them, let us know. Hopefully they work out for you. Yeah, absolutely. And... Thank you for listening. And Dan, where are you at today? I mean, whenever <laughs> this week. Where am I in this planet? Where are you? So if you want to yeah, <laughs> find out more, go to Daniel Purvis Health and Fitness on Facebook. And for the podcast, it's a small business, Hold Health. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Alexa. Stitcher. Just, just on the web, everywhere. Google, everywhere. And please pass the pod as well. I'm nicking your catchphrase. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, goodbye. Totally, you've totally nicked. My catchphrase. I nicked it from someone else, but shh, don't tell anyone that. Uh, yeah. and <laughs> where, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm at organicpilates.co.uk and I'll soon be back in my studio. Might be by the time this goes out, oh, yeah. we'll be back. And yeah, life is slowly returning, isn't it? Let's just hope it continues to do so. Yeah. So use all these holistic health hacks to avoid lockdowns and pandemics because if everyone stays healthy, then they can't keep us locked up exactly <laughs> but i worry about people's immune systems you know with all this bleaching and disinfectant stuff that we've got to do all the time mm. i mean what your immune system is an 
organism that needs to be challenged doesn't it yeah what is it your, your the human body's actually more it's is it like 95 percent bacteria than it is actually human yeah is that what it is so when you put human so when you just putting all this stuff on that just destroys everything it might destroy a few of the bad things on your hands and on your skin but but it destroys everything yeah and it's just consistent people are doing it like 50 times a day now it's yeah i think it's mm. gonna end up having some bad effects yeah anyway that's a podcast for another day isn't it yeah that's that's another one okay but yeah thanks for listening guys thank you see you soon bye bye